Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor, reflecting on two very different results. The disappointment of Friday night against Birmingham, but then hanging on for that win against Derby County. Uh, what was yesterday at the time of recording, it is Thursday afternoon. So Gregor, let's begin with Birmingham City on Friday night. Another home loss. And you're thinking, Birmingham City at home, where Bristol City is sat, the position they're in, well, it's never a gimme in the Championship, you can't say that. But a very strong position to be taking that and taking the early lead as well through Jamie Patterson. What went wrong? Well, first off, I suppose it, we look back on it, on it in a slightly different light, knowing that they've won last night against um, Derby, County. Derby County. But but you're right, they, they just weren't at the races on Friday night, which was really surprising because, as we discussed before, Birmingham City played 120 minutes in midweek. They, they didn't play Scott Hogan, though, in that FA Cup game, and that was probably a, a key part of it. I, Scott Hogan is one of those players who's got a very good scoring record against Bristol City. I think that was his fourth goal in the last three games against Bristol City. I remember him scoring a couple for Sheffield United, I think, um, and and where else has he been? He, he, he scored for Villa, didn't he, against Bristol City as well. So yeah. he's one of those players always scores, a bit like Martin Waghorn, actually, who netted last night. We'll come on to him, but... But yeah, and he really stretched Bristol City. And the other thing is, I think at that point on Friday night, Lee Johnson was in a bit of an awkward position where he didn't know whether to turn to the new guys they'd brought in yeah. or stick with the guys who'd been doing it. It's a difficult position, to be yeah. fair. Because it's easy for us to sit back and say, Birmingham City at home is the time to try the new signings. But then he's got to feel that loyalty to those players that have been getting those results. Yeah, potentially the guys coming in are a little bit better than what they've got because that's why they brought them in. So, yeah, I mean, great start. One of Bristol City's fastest goals of all time. We were looking at how how often they, well, when they last scored a goal like that. I think I remember, well, I found a Scott Murray goal from the 90s where he scored after 14 or 15 seconds against Millwall, I think. Uh, so that might be up there as one of the quickest ones. I remember there was a really quick one against West Brom last season. But yeah, Jamie Patterson's third goal in five league games at the time. He is the Bristol City's man in form and they started so well. But but then, yeah, fair play to Birmingham City. They, they I do like their strike force, Jukovic and... Um, I think Jukovic is a really good player. Yeah. Really good player. And he just causes problems, doesn't he? He's physical. He just gives defenders a headache. But to let the ball bounce as they did for the third goal, to let it go through like it did when the game was killed off. What do you think that was down to? Lack of concentration or...? I... Yeah, a little bit of lack of concentration, but just basic errors in defence, just a few little things. I thought they were a little bit deep for the for the first uh, goal. Um, I thought... Um, actually, Williams was obviously playing uh, Scott Hogan on side, but I also thought yeah, that was that's, a bit... that's a little bit harsh, maybe. But Dan, yeah. Dan Bentley has got to do better with 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 the, the, the save. Yeah, he's got to parry that. Was he unsighted? Possibly. Because he's been so good. I thought the ball maybe dipped a little bit. Also, Jane De Silva's got to stop the the winger running in from the from from out wide. Uh, I think it was Bella, wasn't it, cutting in from the Birmingham? He was causing him all sorts of problems. He did. I was really impressed by Bellingham really, as well. Really, two yeah. really good players, those Absolutely. two. Absolutely. The 16 year old. Uh, 16. Old. Yeah, incredible, incredible. He's not at Birmingham City next season, is he? I don't think so. I think you can understand why the likes of Manchester United are closely looking at him. And yeah, so, so yeah. Um, just 
they, there were too many errors like that. But it's these, punished. it's these games that when we look back on the season, like we look back last season, it's these sort of games you look back at and like the draw at home to Wigan, things like that that just spring to mind. These are the results you have to get if you want to get promoted. They, they are. I would just say that as we've all seen in the Championship this season, it really is crazy. And only yeah, West Brom seem to have that consistency that's going to see them... And even they have been massive. faltering. They have, exactly. They had, what was it, seven, eight games without a Yeah, victory, from mid-December, which, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. so Everby has had a bad run. And fair play to Lee Johnson. He did say that about every team, and that is how it's panned out. Look at Leeds at the moment. They're obviously... We'll come on to that. Yeah, we've yeah. got a lot to say about <laughs> Leeds in this podcast, for sure. So, yeah, I, I just think Bristol City are nicely placed. And, yeah, after the win against Derby then, yeah, they can really contest for the top six. Yeah, that brings us on to Derby then midweek. And um, going into this one, were you feeling confident or was it one of those you thought, well, actually, after what's happened on Friday, confidence is going to be low. The the form at home has been such a problem. Uh, We're going to hear from two people who had a massive impact on this game in just a second, Narky Wells and Wayne Rooney. But going into it, did you feel that Lee Johnson... Had to start Narky Wells with Fumarajiji. Yeah, I, I think he did really because he had to start him. Because what's the point of bringing in a proven striker if you're not going to if you're not going to then play him in in the big games? So after a couple of appearances from the bench, I always thought he was going to hand him his first start for this game, and that's how it played out. I didn't think he would start him alongside Fumarajiji. I was predicting that it was going One to go with Andy Vyman because he loves Andy Vyman so much. And if you think Vyman started with a Fobe up front, yeah. and I kind of wondered if he might stick with like the Vyman and Wells um, duo up front because they've got that maybe a little bit more mobility and and they're able to to work back a little bit more. But fair play to the head coach. He, he went with Fam and Fam was very good against Derby again. He absolutely deserved that second half goal that he smashed into the roof of the net. And yeah, Andy Vyman coming off the bench. Later on in the season, it's going to be very interesting because you're, well, going, to the, be yeah, you're well. going to have that phobe vyman partnership, which was really good at the start of the season. I think they got six goals or something together in the first sort of six games. And um, that could be coming off the bench to replace Fam, Fam and Wells. Who, who, who could so. be creating a very nice partnership here. But the stats from the game are quite astounding. Bristol City only had 33% possession, but they did have 16 shots. Whereas... Uh, Derby County had 11 shots, and only four of those were, were on target. But when Bristol City are 3-1 up around the 80th minute, to what well, was the 82nd minute when Chris Martin scored, to be caught on the counter like they were, that's not really acceptable, is it, when you're 3-1 up? And for Derby to be able to get down the other, pit, the other end of the pitch that quickly and to seem, seemingly score a simple tap-in for Chris Martin, does Lee Johnson have to be looking at that and say, well... Is that naivety or is that pushing to sort of get another goal? What was that? Because it doesn't seem right that that should happen in the 82nd minute. When it just To me, it felt like they'd overly committed going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've got things to iron out. And as the likes of Max Lowe and, and Tom Lawrence, I thought Tom Lawrence really came into the game towards the end of he the game. He did so well for the threat. third goal. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, yeah, there had to be more pressure put on those guys, especially from Jack Hunt for that final cross. They almost gave him the freedom of, the, of their own penalty box there. Just as much time and space as he wanted to, to yeah, um, basically cross the ball and find Chris Martin. Um, as as I mentioned earlier, Martin Waghorn stabbing in. Well, actually, it was a header, wasn't it? And a very good header to bring them back in at three-one. It was the timing of the goals, and 
by the end, yeah, as you say, Bristol City were hanging on and there's there's definitely stuff to work on there. I, I do think Bristol City can improve on that. And they looked a little bit leggy, I thought, at times last night. And that's probably to be expected because obviously the new guys came in and both Henriksen hasn't played a lot of football this season. Benkovic hasn't played a lot of football this season. So, it, yeah, it was probably always going to catch up with those guys. And, and, and so it panned out. And, and maybe Derby as well were good for something. I mean... If I look at the XG from the game... See, been... I just was worried that you weren't going to do this, but you didn't mention the XG last week and I wondered what had gone on, but go on, hit us with the XG. Actually, well, saying that, I've only got the Birmingham XG. Oh. <laughs> when Birmingham's was 1.74 goals to 1.15 goals to Bristol City. So, okay, so... so that shows they deserve that yeah. win on average. Because that's what it, all it is, is an average, really. But I expect that it's probably reversed because... Bristol City had More chances, several good chances. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, that one at the end from Vyman. Oh, yeah, and also the one from Fam as he ran from from Dave. He did the hard bit. Yeah, exactly. He looked so confident <laughs> running running in on goal. I was sure he was going to score. It looked like it was going to be a lovely dinked finish, yeah, didn't it? Absolutely. It's just like, oh, come on. Um, but the three changes you thought did well then. Nathan Baker. Do you think he was harshly dropped, or do you think that was the right call? I do think Nathan Baker was harshly dropped. However, I can see Lee Johnson's reasoning for it. First off. I was. This was one of those things. I was talking to BBC Radio Derby before the game. They said to me, "Do you expect Benkovic to start the game?" I said, "No, I don't, because he made that mistake against Jukovic uh, in the final minutes or injury time of the Friday night game. So I didn't think he would be in the starting lineup." Lo and behold, five minutes later, team news is announced and he's playing. So yes, harsh on Nathan Baker because don't forget that Bristol City had, had kept that run of clean sheets recently, and, and Nathan Baker's been. Super was he was it was key to it, wasn't it? You it, you, you thought he was undroppable. Absolutely, but for Benkovic and for the head coach, what I would say is just looking at the stats from the game last night, and I think Philip Benkovic made something like thirty-seven passes. And he scored. And he scored, and he only misplaced one pass. The wow, entire that game. is incredible. Yeah, and Lee Johnson said after the match in the post-match press conference. Um, this is as close as you're going to get to Adam Webster. So, so yeah, big, well, that's big, big call big from Big indeed. Yeah, there. And, yeah, exciting for Bristol City. And, yeah. Well, let's hear from one of the goal scorers, uh, Narky Wells. He got his first goal for Bristol City. Decent header. Did seem to be unmarked, but he made the space for himself. And uh, this is what he had to say after the game. I've come off the back of some of the best form of my career. I haven't scored six and four before I joined uh, since the new year. And then, you know, make two substitute appearances. Obviously, it's difficult. But then to get the start, knowing, you know, the win's the most important thing, but I think just to settle that that nerves and the worry of, of having to get that first goal is essential. And to get it today was great, and to get three points is even better. And it gives me that platform to try and go on a run now. I just think I, I filled a hole in terms of being something different to what they have. Obviously, I can play in my, as, as a one. I can play with, with Sam. I can play with Andy. You play for ten behind me with like Casey or Hato, so and I'm sure Fam can as well. But it's just kind of filling that hole and having a a real finisher and somebody who wants to get in the end of things and play off somebody was essential. And my my role was to come in and, and fill that gap and, and try and score goals and help push us further up the league. Uh, that was Nucky Wells after the Derby game. He's off the mark. Do we think it'll be him and Fam against Leeds? We'll get into this more in depth shortly. But would you expect to see that partnership continue at Ellen Road? Yes, I would. I think Narky Wells definitely needs to play. He's got a very good goal scoring record against Leeds. Actually, uh, we'll come back to that maybe. But but yeah, he, he showed a, a good partnership with Fam last night. It was interesting to hear Lee Johnson 
mentioning about how in training he's been so cold with his, with his finishing and and that basically yeah he, he reminds well he, he called him the most clinical finisher that he's yet seen at Bristol City and if you think about oh yeah. well, he said Tammy Abraham he said Bobby Reed yeah Jonathan he's a, Codger yeah he had 19 goals in that season he he was. Ashton Gate, so that is some um, some praise. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's hear that praise. Actually, this is Lee Johnson speaking after Derby and talking about Nike Wiles as well. My honest take on it is, it takes an awful lot of effort to to go and get three and a half against a Derby side, and uh, I think that with three new players in the team, you know what I mean, there was uh, always going to be a spell where we flagged a little bit, and uh, Corey got a little nick to his knee um, and he didn't feel quite right so he asked to come off and then obviously that changed a little bit the adaptation of what we were originally trying to do Adam Nagy's out not well Masengo wasn't on the bench today so therefore we didn't have a natural centre mid um, but in saying that I said to the boys look do not come in you've got to feel almost like that's a, a last minute winner um, because it's an unbelievable win. That'll be a very, very good side. You can see the quality that they've got, particularly in possession, all over the pitch. And um, my biggest grumble is probably just not managing the game as well as we could have done in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, really, in terms of carrying the ball up the pitch, getting a throw in. We, we should have scored two, but when you don't punish them and, and put those um, away... Then naturally, I was like Callum's running to the corner, mate. Do you know what I mean? With 30 seconds to go, it gave them one more opportunity to put it in the box. Let's start with the great positive first of all. Naki Wells getting his first his first goal. I'm sure you've brought him in to get the goals to make the difference, and that was a sign that he's probably able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. He's like it's been really good to watch in in training. He's been like a like to describe it like a cold finisher. You know what I mean? As you can see, as the ball comes into him, like we've had good finishers here for different reasons: Codger, Tammy Abraham, Bobby Reed. But he's the best I've seen in terms of like being able to slow down his mind's eye, if you like, and, and finish with um, a clinical feel. So I'm excited to work with him, um, and that's what he's here to do. He's probably only had that one chance a day of, of real value. And, and he was in an area, free as a bird, in the middle of the goal, which is obviously not hard, not easy to do. Good that our full-back, Jada Silva, was like at the far post, so I think that shows the attacking intent at home. And I thought we were really, really good in that spell from like 15 minutes in to about uh, 55 minutes, if you like. And, and that's where we won the game, without question of a doubt. And um, it did get a bit nerve-wracking, but given the fact we had three full debutants in January for a side that's already performing very, very well. Credit to them boys for uh, all performing as well as they did today. Yeah, Lee Johnson full of praise then for Narky Wells and looks like perhaps it was the right time to start him. Maybe he could have done it against Birmingham, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. We also heard from, for me, possibly one of the players of the match in that derby game, Wayne Rooney. He was Quagro was like almost rolling back the clock, wasn't it? Although he plays a different position now, he plays a lot deeper, just spraying passes for fun. He, I can't remember giving the ball away much and he was attempting some ambitious passes. He's just still such a brilliant player. You don't lose it, do you? Absolutely. He was really class. He was one of those players where time almost kind of stands still when he gets the ball. He always makes the right decision. He doesn't get rushed into anything. He played a little bit deeper, as we've seen. He's almost of, playing in front of the back four at one yeah, point. Yeah. Getting the ball and yeah. making things happen. 
as we've seen later on in his career, he was playing a little bit deeper and yeah, just spraying the passes out wide. But he kept uh, Derby County moving forward. Was always a threat. I was, I was a little bit surprised he didn't shoot a bit more because he only mm. had one shot during the game actually. And obviously, we know he can score goals. I think he hit three in his last four league games even. So I was worried that he might get a chance at some point. Thankfully, Bristol City made sure that he didn't. Maybe, maybe he got the focus and other players got a bit more space as a result. But yeah, it, it was certainly um, certainly showed what Wayne really is about. And um, yeah, I think we were lucky to speak to him after the, after the game. Yeah, let's hear from him right now. Um, sloppy goals, we conceded. Um, dominated the game probably 80 minutes. Um, sloppy 10 minutes um, to cost this game. But, you know, I think we're, we're improving um, in every game. We're getting better. We're playing better football. Um, we just need to get a bit tighter defensively. Yeah, it goes all in the six-yard box. And maybe a physicality battle that you lost tonight. Um, no, I think it was just switching off. I think we knew the threat that they have on, on set pieces um, and we we didn't handle it rightly so um, it's cost us but no I think um, we have to take positives out of the game as well we've played some fantastic football and and didn't deserve the defeat No, your attacking patterns the way you got back into it the heart you showed showed that this team is developing every single game isn't it? Yeah it is and um, you know it was a you know, a bad, bad game to lose tonight, obviously. Yeah, we could have run a lot closer to the playoffs, but we're home game Saturday and there's still plenty of time for us to, to have that push to make them. Yeah, I was going to say, it's three points, I think, between second and seventh, and then ten points to you guys. So you just believe it's still there for you? Yeah, I think we have to just keep playing, keep um, trying to get, to get wins, and um, there's still a long time to go in, in the league. So if we can put ourselves in a good, good position going into the final few games, then... Um, that's when the pressure will be on us. So that was Wayne Rooney, former England captain, England's record goal scorer, uh, speaking after the game. So looking back then on that derby game, how much confidence do you think that, that gives to Bristol City going into the weekend against Leeds? But also, how much is it a monkey off the back getting that win at home? Yeah, I, I, I do think it was important to win last night. I I don't think the club would worry too much about the home form at this stage, though that is a little bit of a worry. I think just naturally, if the signings work out, and I think they will do, I think results at home will pick up. Is this the best January transfer window they've had in years? Definitely. Definitely, without doubt. I mean, they've been after a proven number nine strike of the last two Januaries, haven't they? If you remember a year ago, we were talking about Brit Sombalonga, maybe there was talk about Dwight Gale, which would have been pretty ludicrous, but... But um, Scott Hogan was another one. But they finally landed one this January, so fair play to the to the club for getting that done. Um, and if you think about the year before, we had Lois Dione coming in. Oh, I forgot about that. How can I forget about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of strikers, yeah, definitely. And and I also like the um, what we've seen of uh, Henriksen last night, Marcus Henriksen. I think he will replace Josh Brown, a slightly different player, uh, more of a sitting, holding midfielder. And he, he didn't have the best game last night. I've seen a lot of Bristol City fans get really excited about the performance last night. And he also picked up the sponsor's man of the match. But if you actually look at the stats and watch the game back, he only had a pass completion rate of around 60%. So he did lose the ball a fair bit. He didn't complete a single tackle. He didn't complete a single dribble either. So for your, one of your main midfielders, you'd maybe hope... For Why did you man the match then? 
Yeah, I think that is testament to his good ability around the pitch in terms of his movement. He was work always rate. well. Yeah, work rate. He was always pressing. He was. But then his work rate, like he, he didn't want to tackle. So. No, no, no. <laughs> no, although saying that, there was one crunching sliding tackle that he won, but the whistle had already gone. Uh, so he's mm-hmm. a bit harshly done by there. But I do like the look of him. I do think over the longer run, he's going to um, replace Brownhill in the centre there. Uh, he's not going to get box to box. We might not see him score so many goals as Brownhill did, but. But in terms of protecting the back four with Corey that, Smith. Isn't that more of a Marlon Pack role? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I think the two of them looked very good, him and Corey Smith alongside him. Let me ask you this then. Um, the, we, we have a window cleaner who's a massive Bristol City fan and he was saying this morning that some fans uh, were getting on the back of Corey Smith. I don't know if you've seen this or heard this yourself. Um, I haven't seen too much of that. Maybe because... Why? It was probably not Corey's best game mm. on the Friday night against Birmingham. Mm. Tough encounter against the likes of Gardner in the middle there. Um, and Yun, is it Yunjic, the um, the other central midfielder? I can't pronounce it probably, but the other Birmingham City um, central midfielder who had a good game as well, actually. And yeah, it was tough for Corey Smith. And it's probably been a little bit tougher in recently because they've played quite a few games in quick succession. Obviously, it's going to be three games in the space of eight days when you take into account the Leeds United game. So, and let's not forget, he's only just not so long ago come back from a long-term injury. But he is also the new club captain, isn't he? Mm -hmm. And so he's a vital veteran member of the, the squad. little story about Corey Smith, actually. When I went to the training ground recently for the ceremonial dig and the start of um, Bristol City building their own training complex, then um, Corey Smith was there and a lot of the players weren't present and they all had to be in the photograph. So it was Corey who was the one going round, rounding them all up, getting them out of the um, changing rooms or wherever they were lurking (laughs) and making sure they were basically doing what they should have been doing. And that's exactly what you want to see. And you could see his basically the the relationship he had with, with, with all the players then, that they all respected him and had no problems with him doing that. So, yeah, he's got a vital role to play going forward and... I, I'm not too sure where any criticism would come from. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Um, right, Leeds. Since mid-December, their form has massively dropped off. They were 10 points clear in second in mid-December. Now they're only second on goal difference to Fulham. If Bristol City beat Leeds at the weekend, they'd be level on points with them. This is These two games are absolutely huge for any, not just playoff ambitions, but let's say automatic ambitions that Bristol City might have. Lee Johnson v Marcelo Bielsa. Again, for Lee Johnson, this is a massive opportunity, isn't it? For his, I guess, his coaching credentials, his CV, to get one over on one of the best coaches, you know, some would say in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's an interesting contrast of coaching styles. I actually kind of a little bit worried about this game in terms of I haven't yet seen Bristol City or Lee Johnson figure out how to best play against Leeds. I thought the, I thought Bielsa's team were really dominant at Ashton Gate. Oh, the, the opening day. Season. Yeah. They were so good. Although, to be fair, it was a very, it's a very different Bristol City side now. Yeah. Um, and likewise, last season, I thought in, in all of the games, Bristol City were, were very well played by, by Leeds United. It was close. It was only 1-0 at Ashton Gate last year. Um, Luke Ayling crossing I think Bamford netted at the far post and the game the game up at Elland Road wasn't really that close it was either. 2-0 wasn't it yeah, yeah but I just I just feel that Bristol City haven't really 
looked like they were going to get anything in, in, in any of those games and probably Leeds looking even better in the first game of this season. So I'm well, worried about yeah. but how they're going to find a game plan. That's to, my next question. Yeah. What, what is Lee Johnson going to do? And what is, what is the big difference between Lee Johnson and Marcelo Bielsa? Well, on the game plan, it was very interesting to hear what Thomas Frank said the other day after the midweek game between Brentford and mm, Leeds. Yeah, two, two very good sides. And Thomas Frank was explaining that Leeds are the best team in the division at stopping you from creating chances from open play. Mm. And if you're going to get anything, it's, it's most likely going to be from set plays or maybe a counter-attack. Mm. And, but Bristol City are one of the best teams in the division on the counter-attack. Um, they've got a fairly middle-of-the-table record, I think, at, at goals scored from set pieces. So there's a bit of hope there. But I think in the main, we're going to see, obviously, Leeds dominate the ball, dominate territory, and Bristol City are going to have to defend really well all game. I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to three at the back for this game. Mm. Certainly to the 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one that we've seen do really well at Reading and QPR and get the wins there over the last few So weeks. if he's doing that, who gets sacrificed? Or would he go 3 5 two? That's Exactly. That's the big decisions to make. He might well go 3-5-2 and he might well drop someone like Eliasson. Um, maybe have Hunt and De Silva and then you've got possibly Callas to come back in although he he's picked up a little um he's had a little bit of a setback in making his return from uh training I'm sorry from injury he's he's had this thigh injury and he's got slight knock to his knee I believe Lee Johnson said but nothing too big he might be in contention for the weekend but although it sounds like it might be a little bit too early obviously Nathan Baker would could probably come back in alongside Benkovic and Williams give a bit more protection out wide and then, yeah, maybe try and hit them on the counter-attack. Mm. It sounds like that might be the way to do it. But for Lee Johnson, if he were to get a win at Ellen Road, we've been digging through the archives and uh, we think we're right in saying that the last time Bristol City beat Leeds United at Leeds was 1979 uh, in League Division 1 and it was 3-1. That is what I can find. I think that's correct. But they didn't play that until 1997. Sure. But since 1997, they've only beaten Leeds twice. And one of those was in the League Cup. Yeah, 1979. I'm, I make that the same. Obviously, that would be one of Alan Dick's um, teams up in the top division then. The great Bristol City side of the late 1970s, 3-1 that day. And yeah, if they could do pull off something similar, then that would be incredible, wouldn't it? They'd be equal points with Leeds and I think they really would have a shot and not just the top six but automatic I, I I would put my neck out and say if they beat Leeds at Ellen Road I actually think they could get automatic I think it, I think it's chance. on it's on chance, isn't it yeah, yeah. if they get nothing from Leeds and West Brom I actually worry for their playoff hopes like that is how fine an eye fetch it feels what do you think I think they could I think they could ride out two defeats there as long as they picked up the it's results not, elsewhere. I see it's not like that I think having two defeats back to back is the end of the world. It's not that. It's what I think every other team is gonna be doing around them. Yeah. And I think they'll lose ground. Except, yeah, for me, what's key is they've got that home game against Preston, last game of the oh, season. Oh, that is gonna be massive. So if they won that, potentially that's another three points. I yeah. think it could yeah. go down to that. I think it could honestly be go to the wire. I and I think they might be able to actually end that yeah, hoodoo against them and finally beat a Preston side and 
but we'll see. Oh, yeah, we don't like Preston. Uh, Narky Wells, you were going to say something about his record? Narky Wells, leads? yeah, I'm wrong, actually. I'm just checking this out. <laughs> He's only scored once against Leeds. Uh, but obviously what I'm, what I'm referencing is the handball QPR dodgy, controversial goal he scored at uh, Loftus Road or the Kean Prince Foundation yes. Stadium, actually, I should say. Yes. Uh, recently, so he has a bit of uh, a thing with Leeds United already. Hopefully that will inspire him to uh, do likewise at Ellen Road um, this coming weekend. And in terms of, I didn't really answer you about Johnson versus Bielsa. Yes. Two very different coaches, obviously. Both very intense, I would say. Yes, I would as well. So a few similarities. Obviously, what I like about Lee Johnson's teams is this season they've shown a real versatility in tactics from three at the back to four at the back. Um, and I sometimes do think Lee Johnson is a very good traditional English manager in terms of, I think at heart, he is probably not too far from a 4-4-1-1 or 4-4-2 man. Um, and he likes the traditional aspects of the English game, being on the front foot, playing with intensity. Lee's do as well, obviously, uh, they, they're one of the most attacking teams in the division. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. When when I think about it like that, maybe there isn't too much between the pair. OK, it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, finally, just want to finish by talking about the new kit sponsor. Um, a lot was made of how Bristol Sport were making their own kits for the last couple of seasons, but now that's all changed. About turn, yeah, we just uh, revealed this one actually on the website uh, in the last few minutes, really. So that's how breaking news this is. But... Yeah, according to our sources, and I think the club have just confirmed this even, that basically Bristol City did have their kit made from Bristol Sport this season, and that's been the case for the last three or four years. Instead, they are now going with Hummel. They've agreed a deal with the Danish sportswear group Hummel. So that'll be good in terms of bringing in some money into the, the club. But a little bit surprising because only a year ago, John Lansdowne was saying how good it was to have Bristol Sport make the club kit because they have so much control over everything. And and in fact, I, I think Corey Smith said on the club official podcast um, <laughs> that, uh, that, 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 yeah, the players were involved at times as well in, in, in designing their kits. So... Yeah, um, a bit of a U-turn there, but um, I'm sure the club has their reasons and we'll see how the new kits come along. Yeah, it might look a bit maybe like the Charlton one. Charlton were red, they're sponsored by Hamill, so we will see. So that'll be out next season. Yeah, that's from 2021 and yeah. So no, not, not this coming season, the one after. This, sorry, yeah, not, yeah, the next season, from the summer. Next August. Yeah, next August, 20, yeah, through to 21. Okay, uh, well, we'll be back after the Leeds game. It does feel like this is a massive couple of games for Bristol City. Uh, Their season really could dramatically change in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see how it goes. Gregor, as always, thank you for your time, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.